And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. I hope you guys are having a great week. Uh, Big show today. Great show today. I was joined by my good friend, Eric Schaefer. Uh, It's always a great time talking to Eric, and we we, we covered a lot of ground. We talked briefly about the... uh, this crazy impeachment BS uh, going on right now on Capitol Hill. Um, that's kind of a boring topic, so we didn't spend too much time on it. But we talked about the kind of the reemergence of the alt right uh, and what these clowns are up to now and what we should be doing about it. And we, uh, it, it was a good talk. And I think it's actually a very important conversation. Um, so I'm glad we ha- we got to have it today. And I hope uh, a lot of people need to hear this. So please share it on Twitter and, and retweet it, share it, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your neighbors, whatever. So, guys, before we get to Eric, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. We'd really appreciate it. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the NoGimmicksPodcast. All right. Without further ado, here is my chat with Eric Schaefer. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with my friend Eric Schaefer. Eric, my brother, how you doing? Dude, I have to keep telling you this at the beginning of every fucking episode. We're not friends! <laughs> I fucking hate you, dude. I hate you so much, <laughs> Eric Schaefer. <laughs> no, thanks for having me on. You're, um, I mean, for the, like, I'm sure my mom will listen to this. So for the, my mom listening hi, mom. to this. Yeah, hi, hi, Mama Schaefer. As you know. Uh, I, I kind of, I dropped out of politics recently. I just became disillusioned with it. If we talk about that at all, we talk about it, but, um, it, I still keep up to date cause I do campus activism, but your show is, and we, t- we were talking about this a little bit before the episode sh- started. Your ep- show is probably one of the three political shows that I still listen to. And three may sound like a lot, but I was, I used to be listening to like 10 a day. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I wanted to keep up to date. Uh, but you're, it's, it's good. And I, you're very, you're a very humble guy, and that's one of the things that I like about you. But I think it's been getting better and better. You've been getting better and better guests. You've become, you've kind of, kind of gotten into your element. Not that you weren't in your element before, but I, I can just tell you're feeling more comfortable behind the mic. At least you sound like it. So I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be with the, in his prime Brady Leonard. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And not only am I humble, I am the most humble. So I'm a. Uh... I'm the yeah, most course. I'm the most humble podcast host in the world. So I, I I'm I'm glad that you pointed that out. The audience definitely needed to hear how humble I am. So uh, I definitely appreciate it. Um, yeah, man, you have a you, you haven't been as engaged in in politics lately, and I'm kind of jealous because I still have to be. But uh, yeah, I, I've definitely cut down on like the political content that I absorb daily. I mean, there's still I I catch uh, Jim Garrity's podcast every day. It's only like 15 minutes long. Um, and then I'll try to like, I'll, I'll pop my head in. I'll listen to a little, I, I really like Andrew Clavin's show over on daily wire. Yeah. I listen to that a lot, but yeah, I don't, I don't listen to nearly as much as I used to. Um, one, because it gets boring, uh, extremely boring. And then also I don't want my opinions to be influenced by other commentators. So that's kind of like a constant struggle for me too. That, you know, I, I want some fresh, some fresh takes 
I don't want to <laughs> be bogged down with other people's opinions, if that makes sense. Here's what you do. Here's what you do, okay? You spout Ben Shapiro verbatim on your show. <laughs> oh, God. No, I, 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 I'm not as bright as Ben Shapiro. I'm not as... Uh... No, but neither is Charlie Kirk, but he... Okay. <laughs> well, I think we're, <laughs> I think I think we're actually going to talk about Turning Point USA later in the show. So we'll, we'll oh hell yeah, that. we are. Uh, <laughs> let's have some fun, brother. <laughs> All right. So first, before we jump into, there's a couple topics that uh, we we were talking about before we hit record, and and what we really want to talk about today. But we have to mention briefly to start the show. Uh, we're not watching it because we don't really give a shit. But the <laughs> the impeachment hearings have started. They're live on cable news right now. Look, man, I don't really care about this because it's not real. But you look, you have to hand it to the Democrats. Um, they're actually going to impeach the president of the United States for absolutely no reason. Obviously, he won't be removed from office. The Senate, cocaine Mitch, he'll put a stop to that real quick. But the Democrats are actually going to impeach the president, even though they have nothing. Um, you know, obviously, they don't really care about what it's going to do to the country. They just care about power. And Look, I mean, they are godless monsters, the Democrats. But hey, man, you have to respect the fact that they are bold and fearless. Mm. I'm, I'm trying to say, well, <laughs> is that a compliment? I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, you can give compliments to politically savvy people, you know, they're, you know, they can be shitty, but they can also be, you know, get at their jobs. I just said, you know, five times like a teenage girl, Yeah, you know, but you know, like, uh, I sound like AOC. My whole thing is I have not been paying as much attention to the Zelensky thing. So feel free to own me and my uncultured plebeian opinion but i i legitimately think there's some avenue to question what the trump administration did here and I, i'm going to quote shapiro verbatim kind of like a, what i made fun of other people for doing at the beginning but i'm going to do it now i think i really think shapiro said it best where you're going to use was, the, the weird high-pitched super fast talking shapiro voice oh oh yeah yeah, I'm not going to – I'm really chilled out right now, but I'll, I'll do my Shapiro voice. I, I think the thing to talk about here is was the impeachable – was the offense that President Trump committed impeachable or was it just bad? Because presidents commit several bad offenses in their presidencies, but there's there's very few impeachable offenses, offenses that actually merit a removal of office. Uh, that's, that's basically my opinion. So did – is what Trump did with Zelensky and – a removable offense. It was. It wasn't just a bad thing. It wasn't just something that he should lose an election over. I'm not even saying it's that. I'm just you know distinguishing here if it was a bad deed. Is it something that's not just bad but actually removable? And for that, I think there are legitimate questions. I think there are legitimate questions to be asked. I think a president going. If, if this is if this is the accusation, that's why I'm saying it. A president going to a foreign leader and hang foreign aid over their head, not just to investigate corruption in their own government and corrupt dealings. And if Joe Biden got caught up in those corruption investigations, and so be it. But specifically asking that they investigate Joe Biden with the purpose of hurting him in 2020. That's something that's very bad. And I think that is something that's legitimately removable. Uh, and there have been conflicting reports. I don't keep up as much. So maybe there's been something new that's been released. But I read a few articles. And apparently there's been conflicting reports about whether the Ukrainians actually knew if investigating Joe Biden was tied to receiving their military aid or not, and then what capacity they were expected to, to investigate Joe Biden in. So th there are legitimate questions to at, be asked here. I do care. My issue is I, I did watch – I lied to you. I, I watched a tad, like five seconds of the hearings, and I just saw Adam Schiff's uh, – what would you call them? I guess opening remarks. And the issue is – here's where Democrats are very savvy. 
they don't want to get at the heart of the issue because they understand that that's boom or bust. Kind of like how the Browns, I'm going to use a football analogy, kind of like how the Browns were at the beginning of the season. Uh, this this con- content creator that I really love on YouTube, really great sports uh, commentator. I really think people should go listen to him. Stupid ass name. Urinating tree. He said that the Browns <laughs> were a boom. Yeah, yeah. He said that the Browns were a boomer bust team. That with all the talent they've had, they're either going to come out swinging and be amazing, or with all of their history, they're going to sink into obscurity. And so far this year, they've sunk into obscurity. I think impeachment with the Zelensky thing is much the same fashion. It's boomer bust. With if Democrats get to the core of the issue and find out what they want to know, it's either oh shit, he did something that is legitimately removable. Let's get this shit done, uh, and then it gets overturned. Or- in a Republican Senate, Senate, because despite my many disagreements with him, Kyle Klinsky actually said that there's probably very little that Trump could do that would actually get him booted by a Republican Senate, and I agree. But something that actually merits removal, or they get to the core of the issue, and it's just a total bust. Like, okay, maybe it was a little untoward, but there's really no sufficient evidence here to say that he was trying to affect elections in 2020 rather than investigate corruption in 2016 and in the Ukrainian government more broadly. So there are questions to be asked here, but what the Democrats are doing, very intelligently is they are prolonging this shit as long as humanly possible they don't want to really get to the core of the issue because they realize if they do and they're wrong this totally backfires but they realize if they elongate this into 2020 and they continue to make this an issue and they even get impeachment in the house and it gets overturned in the senate which it definitely would if they get it in the house i'm not even completely sure they get it in the house they can still continue to bring it up as an issue if they really don't get to the core of the problem so we'll, and I think that's extremely. I'm sorry, like Democrats have a lot of political issues, such as promoting the squad, but that is politically brilliant. And let's, I want to see how this goes. Well, a couple things. I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you in part, and I'm going to disagree with you in part. First of all, uh, look, if the Browns had Minka Fitzpatrick, maybe they'd be okay. Oh, <laughs> how about the Steelers? Fucking... How about those Steelers, bitches? All right, we'll get, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Uh, man, Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, you, you have to make be- me eat my words. The the best safety in the league. He's got like five picks already in six games. Crazy. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously you're right that this is smart politically by the Democrats. I mean, they really play for keeps, dude. The Democrat, the Democrats. I mean, they're so better prepared for war than the Republicans are. Just every step of the way. Um, so you got to hand it to them there. But I disagree with you on on the entire premise of of this entire impeachment shit show i just disagree with with everything with all of it i mean this isn't like nothing's real man like it's so funny to me watching people on twitter even conservatives on twitter like pretending like this these impeachment hearings are like real or important i mean it's just it's fan fiction like it's just the democrats performing fan fiction for their buddies in the press like that's all oh, yeah i largely like, agree like i don't care that trump asked for favors from the president of ukraine like, I don't care. Like, I, I think we should ask for favors and quid pro quos to every country <laughs> who we give foreign aid to. Like, I don't care. Let's have some fun, buddy. Like, I like that does not bother me at all. Like, look, if you want to impeach Trump, impeach him for uh, refueling Saudi jets that bombed an elementary school in Yemen, slaughtering dozens of children. Or impeach him for mm-hmm. unilaterally uh, banning bump stocks, which is blatantly unconstitutional. Okay, I mean, I, I think every president at least since Calvin Coolidge has done impeachable, has committed impeachable offenses that warrant being removed from office. I mean, Obama, my God, Libya, Syria, Yemen, fast and furious, weaponizing the IRS against Tea Party groups. I mean, come on, (laughs) George Bush, I have to destroy the free market uh, 
to save the free market. Oh, and we're going to invade Iraq for absolutely no reason. How about Bill Clinton? Obviously lying under oath, committing perjury. How about also blockading Iraq, leading to the starvation of something like 100,000 Iraqi children? Ronald Reagan with the Sandinistas. I mean, dude, they could all be <laughs> impeached and removed for office. Like, I mean... But obviously the press and the Democrats don't want to go down that road. They'd have to really take a, a, a look into uh, their their guys' histories and legacies as well. Uh, but look, I mean, they could all be removed from office. But well, that's why no we, one touches on it. It's because right, they I mean, kind of have the same foreign policy standard all the way around. Yeah, but I'm like, so I don't care about this call with the Ukraine. I mean, if, if yeah. we're not removing every president for impeachable offenses or <clears throat> war crimes, then we're not just going to, you know, remove the first president that's gotten elected that I've actually voted for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, like I'm not going to just throw my guy under the bus for absolutely no reason when Obama did things 10 times worse. And I know, I know what about is making excuses, blah, blah, blah. I just don't care. Like, it's just yeah. not real to me. It's just not a important so, story that matters. Area of agreement and disagreement. The agreement is that this is obviously all for show. The impeachment inquiry is obviously all for show. Right. Voting to impeach. I mean, again, I'm not even completely sure. Cause I, I know I've heard some, speculation i don't know how valid this is that maybe not all the democrats in the house are actually on board with voting for impeachment to go through so i'm not even i i think the right's actually too trigger happy in saying that that's even going to happen but the whole thing with these these impeachment inquiries and these this official impeachment hearing is like i said if we had some good faith politicians who legitimately wanted to get ah! to the heart of the issue well you know <laughs> that's why we don't we don't but if we, if we had someone in there who was adorable, other than Adam Schiff, ador, adorable, that's adorable. Who was uh, who wasn't Adam Schiff? I'd be a little more like, okay, maybe let's see how it goes. But it's it's being basically it's an operation headed by Adam Schiff, and it's ahead of a 2020 election. It is a purely political maneuver. My issue is, I know presidents have done awful things on the foreign policy scope, really terrible things. Trump's doing a terrible thing with Yemen right now, which I actually think would merit actually again a stronger. I agree with you, by the way. There and this is again one of the very few areas where I just, I agree with Kyle Klinsky, even though I think he's kind of a pretentious asshole. I don't know who that is, uh, by the way. He's a he's a left wing pundit who used to be on the Young Turks, um, mm -hmm. but he has a few good takes. And one of them is over the Yemeni genocide that basically America is funding through giving Saudi Arabia arms. Um, it, it and there's a lot of other things that we're doing. Like I think we're allowing planes of theirs. And I don't know. Again, don't quote me on this. I'm not as researched on this as I am the Uyghurs, but I believe we're letting Saudi planes that are bombing civilians take off from American air bases. So yep. you know, there's there's some really yep. bad shit going on. And that is a much I mean, again, funding a civilian genocide, that is a much more strong case for removal than this. But at the same time, I, I would say the difference between this and the Iraq war and the difference between this and Libya, both. I mean, Libya, a bigger I, I legitimately think a more stupid mistake than Iraq, because in hindsight, we know that Bush the was operating off of false intelligence, but there's actually no conclusive evidence to say that he knew he was operating off of false intelligence. Um, yeah, I, but, I agree with that. I agree. Libya is the worst foreign policy mistake um, since Vietnam. Recently, at least in recent, yeah. Yeah, since Vietnam. So m yeah. my whole thing is the difference between just bad foreign policy and stupid foreign policy and important foreign policy in this is, again, this is where the legitimate question stems from. Were you leveraging U.S. aid to investigate corruption or to ask the Ukrainians to root out corruption that possibly included Joe Biden? Or were you leveraging U.S. aid to specifically call out Joe Biden and get yourself some leverage in 2020 and using U.S. aid for personal favors for your own campaign? Again, again, I don't think the, the only way where you're ever absolutely going to prove that is if you get some weird voicemail or 
or email or whatever from Trump or Giuliani himself, or they say something, they testify and they say something and they slip up. Uh, but but that is a legitimate question. I mean, the only it's, I, it's improvable. Like that's not that's not. It provable. is improvable. It like, is you, again you unless need, they slip up and say some shit. You need Trump to release a transcript where he says verbatim, "Okay, I actually don't care about corruption. I just want you to fuck over Joe Biden." Like that, he would have to literally say that. Which or like something on a phone say. call on some something on a phone call with Giuliani. Just again, the, the Trump's biggest detriment. Right now, this is why I don't like talking about this either, because I, I do largely agree with Shapiro on this. Um, but Trump's biggest detriment right now is Giuliani, and I do think Giuliani actually has the potential, if that is the case, has the potential to legitimately slip up. So we'll see. I mean, and it's improvable. If nothing comes of this, nothing comes of it. It's obvious the Democrats don't really want anything to come of it at the end of the day. But I think the right is being too dismissive in saying to average left-wing citizens, and yes, they exist – that there are no legitimate questions to ask. There are, and I, I know one. You, again, people should go follow her on Twitter. I'm just doing all sorts of shoutouts during the show. Um, at W W V Esquires on Twitter, M Carpenter. She writes for Ordinary Times. Really smart. One of the smartest left wingers I know. Actually, probably the smartest left winger I know. Um, but she's a good faith person. Like I love her to death. She's a really good faith person, and she has legitimate questions. There are intellectual people on the left who have legitimate questions and questions that I can't just outright dismiss as, oh, you're a a loony liberal. So it's and it's sad that I don't think a lot of Democrats are going to address these questions. And I'm sure she'd disagree with me there, but I I just don't think they will. No, and I don't think they're even interested uh, in in addressing those questions. And look, I mean, the the only thing I disagree with you on is that I don't care. I don't care about yeah. the answers to those questions. Like I don't think the answers to that to those questions are important. Like I, I truly not. I, like, I know I'm just being dismissive because I am being dismissive. Like I just don't care. Like I this is just a non-story in my eyes. I don't, I don't really care. It's just political theater, but all right, so let's move on. Uh, we don't need to talk impeachment uh, anymore. Uh, I kind of didn't really want to talk about it at all, but, uh, you want to talk about something that I really haven't been following closely at all. Um, and that is kind of the resurgence of the, the alt right, uh, like racist types. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I, I haven't really been following this. Like, look, I'm 30 years old. I'm not a college kid. I don't really care what goes on on college campuses or anything like that. Um, so I don't really follow what happens at like, you know, turning point USA events or, or, you know, stuff like that. But so, so talk us through, apparently there's some like racist Nazi types that have been showing up to these like conservative campus again, events and, and, you know, raising hell and, and stuff. So yeah, explain what's going on and, and what we should do about it. So first off, this is the only time you'll hear me defending TPUSA. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, still, we'll, think... we'll still find time to make fun of TPUSA. Oh, yeah. No, we will for sure. But I, I just don't think anyone really deserves what they've gone through. I, I think they kind of ask for it themselves because TPUSA, unlike YAF, has had a history of pre-screening questions and, and kind of rooting out the questions that they don't want to be asked, which isn't very free speech of you. It's not very cash money of you, as they say. <laughs> no, it is not. Um, but one of the thing, so basically, to, to give you guys some summary, there's this thing going on in social media, and I will fully acknowledge that the alt-right is far, 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 far stronger on social media than they are in the real world. I mean, 4chan exists. But but and as they call it, they call it on 4chan, they call themselves, uh, when they when they commit themselves to something, they call it weaponized autism. And, and it seems like they can just get anything fucking done. So it is it is actually really interesting if you just look into the internet history of it. But they are far stronger on social media and on the internet than they are in real life. But the thing that I found concerning, and I'll give evidence for this and kind of show how they've been growing, is it seems as if 
unlike most times where, uh, well, I don't know, a year ago when Richard Spencer was going to speak on a campus, Richard Spencer, I don't think identifies as alt-right. I think he identifies as a white nationalist solely, which what's the difference? I, I don't but, know. <laughs> like, I don't know the differences between all these uh, like definitions. I, I, um, I, don't, I honestly don't know. Like white nationalist, white supremacist, alt-right. I mean, I so just mean, white like, nationalism, I I, I, I'm sad that I yeah. even know the difference, but white nationalism, to the best of my knowledge, is basically believing that there should be the existence of separate ethnostates, so that a white ethnostate should exist just solely for the whites, uh, and that, that culture and systems of law that are implemented are solely are tied to what race you are. It's kind of tied to racial genetics, and that because of that, compatibility with other races is, is impossible, so they believe in a white ethnostate which is pretty fucking racist. White supremacists just believe wholesale that, and white nationalists usually believe this too, like uh, 99 point, I'll just say 100% of the percent of the time. But white supremacists, their main thing isn't just a white ethnostate. They just think, oh yeah, we're fucking white. We're the best. We're superior to all of you. And uh, white nationalism and white supremacy often ties into the alt-right. So what the alt-right's done is- So hold on a second. So just so I'm clear- because this is not something that I follow very closely at all. So it's like, <clears throat> do these white nationalist types that want like a white ethno state or whatever, do they want to take over government and actually impose that by force, or do they just want to use their freedom of association and just live next to like other white people or whatever? Because I don't care. Uh, like, I like here's here's the thing, Eric. Like, I don't care if somebody's a racist. I mean, like racism is evil. It's satanic. It's anti-American, and it's against everything I believe as a Christian. But, like, I I don't care. Like, if, if some black dude down the street doesn't like me because I'm white, but he leaves me alone, like, I don't care. Like, that does not mm. bother... Like, I don't care if somebody thinks mean thoughts. Because that's, that's all racism is, is so thinking it's, mean it's thoughts. If they, wanna, if, if they want to take... If they want to violate the non-aggression principle, if they want to use the power of the state to impose a, an ethno state or something. Yes, that's evil. But if they're just if they want to move to Nebraska and live in some all white neighborhood peacefully, like that doesn't really bother me. So this is where I'm less nuanced, but I believe it's both. I believe they would both prefer to live in all white com- communities voluntarily, but then there's these movements for um I believe it's voluntary segregation where it's like okay, you blacks get into this community and we get into this community and then there has been I mean cuz this is kind of what na- white now nationalism is often affiliated with and i believe there have also been talks about like that forced government segregation like okay we're gonna be mia you be mia like so i i'm not that's where i'm less well versed i know the basic definitions i do not know the entire nuance and complexities of the movement um but basically white nationalism and white supremacy has big ties in the alt-right and uh i'm sure if any Groypers, that's what they call themselves on selves on social media. I'm sure if what? any Groypers here, they call what? themselves Groypers. The alt right calls themselves Groypers. They're calling this uh, the great Groy- the Groyper War. How do you spell that? G R O Y P E R S Groypers. And what does that mean? That's not a real word. I don't fucking know. I don't fuck. Th- <laughs> I, I think it's. I really don't know. If any of them are fucking hearing this, they'll probably make fun of me for my lack of knowledge. Like, oh, he doesn't know what Groyper means. What a simp. I am going uh, but, to assume it means the same thing as incels, which is another word that I learned recently. Guys that uh, can't, I, that just can't get their dick sucked. I, I'm a, I'm I do a, not believe it means the same thing, but I would assume they, they many groypers are incels. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to assume these kids are just sexually frustrated. Anyways, anyways, anyways okay, so I got to anyway, get into okay. this. Gotta, yeah. So they shut down two TPUSA events, 
they did one with Dan Crenshaw where they basically, I think there was like a dozen to two dozen all writers who showed up to this Change My Mind TPUSA event with Dan Crenshaw and basically shouted him down and were demanding that he answer their... If they were shouting from the left, he never saw it coming. Ha! (laughs) Anyway. They were shouting him down and basically making sure that, that, oh, why aren't you answering our questions? Why aren't you answering our questions? Why aren't you answering our questions? Um, And then they did the same thing with Don Jr., which was actually more publicized. And it was actually kind of funny to see the mainstream media seem kind of affable toward the alt-right when they were targeting the Trumps. But they, they... targeted Donald Trump Jr. and they basically shouted him down because they figured out that TPUSA had barred questioning aside from pre-screen questions. So they weren't going to be able to ask their usual stuff like how does gay sex help the conservative movement? Um, Odd questions, but yeah, it's so basically they did that too with another Charlie event, but there was only like one or two guys, but this guy like asked Charlie and this gay dude, I forget his name. Well, how does conservatism help or how does uh, gay sex help the conservative movement? They were going (laughs) to, so it's, and, so what they're doing right now is why, exactly, why? Hold on. So back up. Why? Why would they ask that question? Like what? What's, because, like, what's, the, what's the point? Because here's this? the it's issue. So here's the issue. The alt right, and here's where it's a really complex issue. But the alt right actually overlaps with conservatism to some extent, and you'll see that that many of them are very traditionally conservative. The difference between most young trad cons and the alt right today is that while most young trad cons like myself will say, uh, you know, I think that, you know, gay marriage and gay sex is a sin. I think that, I don't fucking know, drug, doing drugs is, is a sin. I think prostitution is a sin. At the same time, when I say that, I'll say, I'm not going to hate you because of it. I am not going to think of you as a lesser person because of it. I, and I'm not going to legislate my morals through public policy. Like, for example, not allow you to get married if you're gay, not allow you to have sodomy if you're gay, put you in jail if you're having sodomy. You know, so the, but the difference between that and the alt-right is they don't want acceptance of it in the culture, and not only do they not want acceptance. Acceptance is different from tolerance. They don't want tolerance of it in the culture. Um, there's been – I've seen movements in the alt-right to kind of make it so it's more legislated traditional morality rather than let's have a battle of ideas in the society and not openly arrest people for being gay. Um, and I, I, I don't want to make straw men either because I, I know all of them don't make those arguments, but most of them are repugnant people i'd say all if you identify as alt-right either you don't know what it means or you're a repugnant person right but i mean that's not conservative at all that doesn't overlap with conservatism at all not well even, i say not even like they so, social conservatism like social conservatives hold... don't yeah social social conservatives and to the best of my knowledge none of them propose using force from the state to stop people from having gay sex and it's not you even know? just how it's not even just force it's that Unlike most social conservatives today, you'll see that they have an extreme antipathy for it. Well, for, while for me, I'm like, don't hate the sin or hate the sin. They they have like this really weird fucking antipathy for it. Um, it, it this uh, just kind of hatred for it. So it, it's that's kind of. But when I when I say they overlap with conservatives, I mean they hold some of the same socially conservative values, but then they extend far. They radicalize it. They extend far past the reach of nor like the average young conservative today. <clears throat> and how they've. Um, how they've begun, and it's really an ingenious strategy, how they've begun to ingratiate themselves and try and make themselves a part of the debate is by attacking TPUSA for not actually being conservative. What they're trying to claim is, no, we're not alt-right, we're not some racists, we're not white na- just these white nationalists, white supremacists, blah, 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 whatever. We are the social conservatives. We are the, the real conservatives. We actually care about social conservative, conservatism. We just believe what the average, average socially conservative believes. 
so it, it that's what they've begun to do. And the, the disturbing thing is, is before how like all, a lot, like I said, a lot of alt right stuff was media manufactured. This has a more grassroots feel to it. It's they're legitimately organizing on and offline to go disrupt certain events. They're legitimately organizing on and offline to have a, a, a kind of a standard code of messaging. And again, it's brilliant. Because if you get a politically unknowledgeable person who's slightly socially conservative and you just see these guys not, you know, not immediately arguing Holocaust denial, not immediately arguing white nationalism, white, uh, white ethnocentrism, but instead arguing, hey, socially conservative, how does – and again, horrible question, but – and radically socially conservative to the extent that it's, it's, it's a rude way to ask it. But how – oh, how does gay sex help the conservative movement? Oh, we're, we're straying too far away from socially conservative values. That's how I think they're trying to rope some people in and then try to radicalize them. So it, it, it's – and uh, the, again, the standardized messaging and saying we're the real conservatives here, it's it's really smart. It is – I can say that evil people and evil ideas can have smart tactics. That's a smart tactic. I'm not going to lie. So a couple it's, things. A couple things because I, I have some questions. One, do – all right. Do these racists that pretend to be social conservatives, do they realize that in America, literally the most socially conservative, whether they vote Democrat or Republican, doesn't matter, but the most socially conservative group in America are Hispanics because they're all devout Catholics. I mean, black, uh, blacks are more uh, socially conservative than whites because they're all back. And then they'll, then they'll just retort. Then they'll just retort, uh, well, more blacks are getting abortions, and why are Hispanics still voting Democrat then? It doesn't matter how they feel. It matters how they vote. So they just ignore, they just ignore that? They just say, you know, who cares? They, they overall ignore it. They blame every everywhere that turns blue, from, from red to blue in the United States, they basically blame on immigration. And they consider immigration the crux issue of the United States. I know a lot of them support a total ban on legal immigration, like just shut down the borders in totality. So it's how would that even work? I don't know. I don't know. But it's it, it's it's a thing that I'm trying to gather my words here because also it, it, it's 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 something that I've just become aware of. Um, well, it, I guess the the kind of them recently organizing more is something that I've just become aware of because it's something that was just recent. But I believe again, don't quote me on this one, but I believe the reason they shut down the Donald Trump Jr. event was because they wanted to ask questions about Israel. Uh, and the thing is, what they're claiming too is because people are calling them, oh, they're not real MAGA supporters; they're racist. What people are saying is like, no, we're MAGA people. We're make we're America firsters. We're, uh, oh, what is it? We're Donald Trump supporters, but we still we just don't like his policy on Israel, and that's that usually stems from. And I'm not someone who says everyone who's anti-Zionistic is anti-Semitic, but their their stances on Israel usually stem from anti. I will say pretty much always stem from anti-Semitic viewpoints. And I believe the reason they booed Donald Trump. Or junior off stage, or like they, they made him cut his event short. They like just kept on heckling him was over Israel, but it may have been over other things too that they disagreed with Trump on. So we'll we'll see how this goes. But like I said, the fact that it has a more grassroots feel, the fact that this really isn't that media manufactured, the fact that alt there are alt right figures, and I'm sure a lot of them are bots, but at the same time, the fact that there are certain alt right figures on social media who are gaining more and more traction and who are getting more and more followings, the right has done. A fucking and it pisses me off too because I've been warning people privately and I think a few times publicly about the alt right issue for two fucking years. For two fucking years, I said don't. I, it gets me mad when I talk about it because no one on the right wants to address the issue. I'm sorry, 
you can condemn them all you want. But here's the, here's the thing that I don't like what Ben Shapiro does, for example, right? He'll condemn them and he'll say they're evil and they're awful people. He, he did a speech at Stanford where he was supposed to talk about like cultural leftism and he changed it at the very last minute to talk about the evils of white supremacy and the alt-right. All right. That, and then the next minute you'll have Ben Shapiro acolytes. I don't think he said it himself since this, but he's kind of been using this when he condemns the alt-right in the past. Oh, it's just, it's, it's, it's 10 guys in their mother's basement. It's 20 guys in their mother's basement. Oh, it's not that many. It's not maybe a hundred tops. Fuck you. Like I'm, I'm, I don't usually use that sort of discourse in politics, but it's more than a hundred tops. All right, dude. I, I, I know there's technically more than a hundred out there, but Dude, I can't help but think back to maybe what a year and a half ago, maybe that uh, the Richard Spencer thing uh, in Washington D.C., where seventy-five people showed up and a hundred and fifty journalists were there well, covering it. He, There's two no, no, journals no, no, no. to every here's, one attendee. Okay, but here's my argument to that. Remember how this is the only thing Bill Mitchell was right about in 2016, and I'm not comparing Trump voters to the alt-right. I'm just saying it's a similar concept. Bill Mitchell was right in 2016 that pollsters on um, at local and state levels weren't being accurate because people were afraid to self-report that they were Trump voters. A lot of these people, I mean, because Richard Spencer is, is again, I don't think he identifies as alt-right. The alt-right is not branding themselves as Richard Spencer. They'll probably agree with a lot of what Richard Spencer says, but that's not how they're branding themselves. They are branding themselves. That's why I say it's ingenious. They're branding themselves as distraught, disillusioned social conservatives who just want to bring back social conservatism to the conservative movement and that they're the real conservatism. No one's going to go to Richard Spencer event. I don't care how racist you are. No one's going to go to a Richard Spencer event to unironically watch him and out themselves as a white supremacist or, or, or a white nationalist because at the end of the day, you still realize – most people still realize how unpalatable that is. So the reason why it was 150 journalists to like seven actual attendants is because you'd have to be <laughs> fucking stupid. You'd have to be stupid to go to a Richard Spencer event because he's outright a white nationalist, a white supremacist. But th- through the rebranding efforts, they're trying to shift – the reason they're feeling more comfortable and identifying themselves is they're trying to shift away from this this alt-right racist narrative and more toward the social conservative narrative and uh, there are some people who there are some mainstream pundits and grifters on the right who are kind of embracing that who are defending some of these people and, and like I, I think everyone should have a right to free speech and free expression of ideas but going out of their way to defend them more than is probably necessary so i'm telling you it's more than just the hundred I, I just don't understand also if Ben Shapiro and people like him are going to say – and again, I love Ben Shapiro. If anyone who likes Ben Shapiro hears this, I have nothing against him on the, on the whole. But I just don't understand how you're going to say it's 10 cum snatchers in their mom's basement <laughs> while, while also making your speech at Stanford an extremely high-profile event about white supremacy, a change that you made in the last minute – at the last minute. Why would you do that? If it's just 100, 200 guys, 300, why would you do that? Well, I don't know. I think and, you're, you're subconsciously me. acknowledging that it is a greater problem than you have outright acknowledged by doing that. That's my theory. I think – and I'm not saying, oh, there's a million of them. I'm not saying, oh, there's three, four, five, ten million alt-righters. That's not what I'm saying. I think – I feel like – see, conservatives have this weird tunnel vision where it's, it's binary. It's either 300 dudes – you're either saying there's 300 dudes or you're saying – that there's like a million of them. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that it's really not out of the realm of possibility to say that there's probably 40,000, 50,000. And the fact that there's 45,000 and 50,000, that, that's, that's a base to build off of, especially with how they've been mobilizing lately and especially with the rebranding efforts. And if we, we let those rebranding efforts slide, that's something that I like that Ben Shapiro did in that Stanford speech. 
right? Overall, I love that Stanford speech. I love that he said, don't let these assholes, these idiots, and he's been saying it on social media a lot too, don't let these idiots claim they're just socially conservatives because they're not. That's what we need to combat. I mean, I but agree. The, I, I totally agree with that, and we should be combating that. Um, like, But here's the thing. Like, I'm not even disagreeing with you. I mean, I agree with everything you said, but I— well, I mean, if if Ben Shapiro was going to do, I didn't watch the speech, but um, I have better things to do. But um, look, if he was going to yeah. give a speech on cultural leftism and he changed it to talk about the alt right, I mean, cultural leftism is a is a much greater threat to the country than the alt right. Like, I, I have to believe that. I mean, look, dude, like, there's a zero percent chance. Who's the? I, I keep forgetting his name. Like I said, I don't follow this this shit too closely. What's that little Nazi kid's name who's been? all over Twitter lately. Uh, Nick uh, Fuentes. Nick, all right, so there's a 0% chance Nick Fuentes is going to be president of the United States. Like, there's a 0% chance America will elect a Nazi president. There's a 50% chance, a 1 in 2 chance, that America will elect a communist president in 11 months. Let, you know, just over 11 months. I mean, that's, well, that's, dude, I mean, we have a one in two chance no, I agree, a I Marxist agree. will be sitting in the White House in a year, and a 0% chance an alt-writer will. So, like, I apologize, man. Like, look, there are wolves at the gate. Like, there are people coming for our liberties. There are people coming for the Constitution. There are people that essentially want us to be slaves to the state. And I'm not saying Nick Fuentes is not a wolf, because he is, and all wolves should be you know, put down if they're threatening the community. I don't mean that violently. I just mean rhetorically, obviously. But Nick Fuentes is not the wolf at the gate. The wolves at the gate are Elizabeth Warren. I mean, she's much more of a, a danger to our liberties than Nick Fuentes is. So that's why, like, I'm not saying we shouldn't take the all right seriously. We will. But, my God, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty focused on defeating the communists first. So a few, a few counterpoints to that. One is how I refer to the alt right isn't as the wolf at the gate. Because I don't think they are the biggest threat to to liberty right now, but long term, I'd say they're a pretty big threat to the conservative movement because this is kind of a perfect storm for them. Uh, and, and Greg Price brought this up on Twitter the other day. But the, the Greg Price himself, uh, I know you've had him on the show. Greg himself, notorious alt right racist Greg Price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, been, but yeah. he said uh, uh, he said on Twitter himself, he's like, listen, I think that conservatism, and I agree with him too. I think that conservatism is moving too far away from social conservatism, and it's an issue. The issue, the other issue, conversely, is that these alt-right douche nozzles seem to be the only ones bringing it up. And here's how that creates a perfect storm for them: is that yes, I mean it's hard to hard to deny. Conservatism has taken a move away from social conservatism, and social conservatism in the sense not where I'm in. Uh, I'm, I'm enforcing my traditional values through legislation, but just here's how I'm personally going to live. Right. I, you, you'll hear, you'll have a lot of conservatives getting squeamish if you say that gay marriage is a sin. You have a lot of conservatives getting squeamish if you say that uh, that oh, what was the, one of the other references I used earlier? Because there's there's a few where conservatives will, will get really or modern day young conservatives will get squeamish. Um, well, I mean, I was going to say abortion, but conservatives have held the line on abortion. pretty. No, far. no, they're yeah. good on. I think they're overall really good on abortion. But we'll, we'll say socially conservative issues like that. So socially or in, in terms of immigration, I think that I'm, I'm a pretty libertarian guy on immigration, too. So am I. But if we're talking because I, I don't agree with the broader conservative or the, the average conservative view when it comes to immigration. I don't. But if we're going to talk about who's taking control 
control of the conservative movement broadly. Uh, what has appealed to conservatives about immigration, they've largely moved away from. And there's still that base there that's becoming more and more, dis- more, and more dis- disenfranchised. So I think you have more and more people in the conservative movement that are becoming disenfranchised by the not just the lack of acknowledgement of traditional social conservatism, where again you'd legislate it, by, but by the squeamishness shown towards social conservatism. And I, I think as that kind of disenfranchised base continues, and if the alt-right, if we let the alt-right get away with this branding technique, their numbers grow. Because once you inculcate them with that branding, it's, it starts to get really easily, once they trust you, and anyone, this is anyone, this isn't just social conservatives, you can do this with people on the left too, as it's been done. But you, once you get people to trust you and agree with you on a few base issues, then it becomes a lot easier to radicalize them. So my issue is, I don't agree, I don't say that Nick Fuentes is the current or, or the, the alt-right is the current wolf at the gate for for conservatism or for them America, but I will say they're they're a tumor, and the issue is you don't want you want to eliminate the tumor before it spreads to your lymph nodes, and it becomes much 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 more difficult to deal with, and we have this tendency in politics to say well we have this bigger issue to deal with now so we're going to put off this fight until the next day. Well, now we have this bigger issue to deal with, so we're going to put off this fight into the next day. And I'm not saying you do this, but everyone always puts off necessary fights, intra-movement fights in politics off for too long until it's too late to do anything. And I'm telling you, dude, they are a bigger problem than what a lot of people say they are. I'm not saying there's a million of them, but I'm saying there's tens of thousands. I think there's legitimately tens of thousands, and that is way more concerning than a lot of people. That, that, that's more concerning than the 10 guys in their mom's basement that, the, that a lot of conservatives use to just dismiss the alt-right and entirely it's something that we do need to address it's something that we do need to combat lest it gets worse over in the, the years to decades to come I, I just i just think it's necessary i agree i agree with you two two points what like I, and i'm not disagreeing i promise i'm not disagreeing with that premise i i do agree with you there but i mean look if, if the alt-right is a tumor to conservatism or a tumor on the right what the heck is marxism on the left i mean they're they're, they're a zombie at that point i mean their entire body is a tumor but Look, I, I like what you the point you made a couple minutes ago about not letting the all right brand themselves as the you know quote unquote true conservatives or whatever the true social conservatives because that's ridiculous. I mean, I think we should brand them as what they are. They're leftists. I mean, these these like they're they're socialists on economics. If you look at what the alt right wants, it's basically just Elizabeth Warren's economic policies, but only for white people. I mean that's that's leftism. These 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 guys are socialists essentially. There's nothing conservative about them. So we need to be branding them exactly how we've rightfully branded the left, a bunch of Marxists. They're just uh, you know, they're national socialists and the rest of the left are international socialists, right? But they're the same evil satanic slavery-based sides of the same coin. I mean, I think we should be putting a lot of effort into reminding people that these are these people are not really on the right in any meaningful way except for no. a, apparently that they don't like you know gay sex or whatever i don't know if that's you know, whatever <laughs> they're on the right they're on the right in the european sense in like the traditional histor- historical which sense which is not conservative. where it's kind of like the fascists yeah. were on the yeah that's right. not conservative at all like not in the american spectrum but like if you're going to talk about the historical spectrum of like what conservatism is meant not even conservatism, I'm sorry, what right wing has meant for the rest of world history. You know, like the fascists and the communists actually agreed on, lot, on a lot, but one's considered left wing and one's considered right wing. So they're, they're right when you talk about traditional world spectrums. They're not on the right when it comes to the American spectrum. They're, they're far right. from I mean, it. The fa- only thing that they can be considered on the right on since 
I'll, I, again, I don't agree with a lot of conservatives on this, but I will say American conservative agenda, the American conservative agenda toward immigration, you know, it, it, the, the only place where they're kind of right on the right to the right is on immigration. But even then, they they far exceed their radicalism in insofar as normal conservatives go, where normal conservatives may just want to cut down, which I disagree with, but may want to cut down the legal immigration rate, um, not provide any pathways to citizenship, even after we even after we deal with the border crisis, even after we deal with it. These guys just basically want to shut down the border entirely. So I guess that would put them on the radical, radical, radical right of the immigration issue, but it doesn't make them conservative if that makes sense yeah i mean obviously most everybody in the audience already knows this but you know a lot of people especially on the left try to claim that fascism is you know the opposite of of marxism or something like that and and of of course as we all know that's completely false and it it didn't start with hitler it started with uh mussolini um with his brand of fascism which hitler kind of copied and it, it wasn't an alternative to marx it was just a very slight critique of marx that's all it was you know because Mussolini figured out, hey, you know, Italians really like being Italian. You know, they don't want to be this whole citizen of the world, workers of the world, unite and, and eat the rich or whatever. They, they really like being Italian. They like their Italian heritage. So for, for this whole communism thing to work, you know, we have to make it national socialism, not international socialism. So that's the only difference between fascism and, and socialism. It really is the same thing. And we need to be reminding people of that. You know, it, it, it was funny, too. A lot of... Uh, like, remember the French election between uh, uh, Le Pen and Macron? And a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people, like the alt-right, obviously, in America loved Le Pen. And a lot of uh, even conservatives, you know, non-racists, just normal conservatives, kind of liked her. Like, they were like, oh, you know, she's a conservative in France. And I'm like, bruh, like, are you looking at her? <laughs> like, she, <laughs> she wants to blow out spending. She wants to, you know, increase the size and scope of government. She just really likes white people, too. Like, it's she's just a racist, big government leftist. Like, that's all it is. Yeah. So we really need to brand these people what they truly are. I mean, they are on the left. These are these little clowns. They are on the left. They are leftists by definition. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I'll say about Macron, too. It's weird to me. It's not weird to me. What I'll say about Macron is I don't agree with a lot of his social policy, obviously, but he's way more free market than uh, than than Le Pen was, obviously. But the yeah. other thing is, why, yeah. why would you want a isolationistic kind of more nationalistic leader elected in France? Like, wouldn't it be in America's best interests to have kind of, I mean, because this is how he was perceived, to have kind of the weaker dude, the weaker, more free market dude elected in France, like the guy who'd probably be easier to push around? Like, you, wouldn't that be? You think. <laughs> yeah, you think, right? Like, I don't know why, like, all, the alt-right, it, it, here's the thing, because they still claim to be, like, American patriots at the end of the day, even though they're not internationalistic, they're isolationistic. You, I, I assume what they still want America's, quote-unquote, best interests. So if you still want this country's best interests, why are you trying to support nationalism in other places? Because if you think nationalism makes a nation stronger, you know what I mean? Like, wouldn't you kind of want us to still be the strongest, even if we isolate ourselves from the rest of the world so no one fucks with us and so everyone does what we want? Like, I, I don't know. It, that, that's, that may sound like a retarded... Uh, statement, but this this is something like a little thing I've noticed about their foreign policy and how they approach these elections. Like they get really excited when nationalists get elected. It's like why in, in other places? Like, here's why? The, here's the thing, and and I know we have to wrap it up here in a second. You have to go, but um, obviously, if you're a racist, you're not my ally. <laughs> I mean, that goes without saying. I don't. I feel like I don't have to. I don't have to clarify that on this show. I, I'm sure everybody already knows that. So obviously, if if these alt right types are a racist, uh, you know, they're they're no friend of mine. I believe that's evil. 
and anti-Christian, anti-American, obviously, you know, the whole list. But like my when I decide when I'm looking at some commentator or some political movement or a politician or whatever and trying to decide whether, you know, they're my ally to what I want for my political movement, because I'm all over the place, man. You know me. And we've talked about our our political ideologies. I'm, I'm essentially philosophically speaking, I'm essentially an anarchist. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a philosophical anarchist who votes Republican. Fucking commie. You, know, you know what I mean? So it's like my allies are people who want to shrink the state. If you want the state smaller than it is now, if you want the federal government smaller and less powerful than it is now, you're my ally. And then once we shrink the state, I'll reevaluate and say, okay, well, maybe I've lost some allies because maybe they're happy with the size and scope of the state. So my new allies are the people that want it smaller than it is then. And then once we shrink it a little bit more, <laughs> maybe I lose some allies and I need to reevaluate that. But like right now, I have a lot of allies as a conservative libertarian, you know, whatever you want to call me, you know, the libertarians, the conservatives, the a lot of the moderates a lot a lot of the republicans you know even a handful of democrats like i have a lot of allies because there's a lot of people that want more liberty than we have now there's a lot of people that respect the constitution that want their god-given liberties protected and want to shrink the size and scope of the state so i have a lot of allies so like if you're looking at these people and you can't tell if they're maybe an alt-right type or something do they want the federal government smaller than it is now just ask yourself that question and if the answer is no brother they're not conservative they're not on the right they just may be a leftist so that's kind of my metric when i'm uh evaluating if somebody's on my side or not if that makes sense yeah no i i totally understand um and i, I that's one of the other criticisms too is i think conservatism like i said because we're, we're we're getting too we're creating too much of a disenfranchised socially conservative base who's not radical yet but is vulnerable to being radicalized if we just totally you know Excrecate them. I don't know if that's the correct world word, but if we totally just ban them from the movement, my whole thing too is um, I think conservatism is like I said, I, and I agree with Greg on this. I brought Greg up earlier. I, I think conservatism is moving too far away from at least personally social conservatism. I, I really think it is, but at the same time, it's it's I I think there are criticisms to be had, and these aren't just from alt-right people. These are from legitimate conservatives that I respect. There are criticisms to be had that we shouldn't just be a movement of small government and free markets, but of, of, of moral markets, not pressured by government, but pressured by a moral society. You know what I mean? Like, so like Andrew Clavin kind of brought that brings this up on his show sometimes where you like Nike, like, listen, Nike shouldn't be banned. Actually, I don't, I don't think he totally says this, but my opinion is Nike shouldn't be banned from doing business with China. We shouldn't be, you know, you know, having government involvement with Nike, we shouldn't be having government involvement with the NBA, but we should be a society or we should at the very least be a movement that's not just like, ah, they're a corporation, they can do whatever the, they want. We should be saying no, and I think a lot of conservatives do say this, but not forcefully enough. They don't focus on this for long enough. No, they are a corporation, they can do what they want, the government sh shouldn't infringe on that, right, because I know people say that's a fallacy, but that's a really slippery slope. But at the same time, we should be pressuring them. Like, we should legitimately be pressuring them, we should be influencing uh, I know this this doesn't have a good tie to it among a lot of conservatives, but we should be influencing moral markets, not with government action, but personal action. And I, I think that is a legitimate criticism. And I think as we move away and become squeamish towards social conservatism in general, and I, of course, I think there are views that are outdated. But as we become squeamish toward social conservatism in general, and as we become squeamish toward this idea of, of saying, hey, 
you can do what you want. It's a free country. It's a free market. You're a corporation, but at the same time, you shouldn't be doing this. There and at the same time, it's like I like I said, it's a perfect storm. If we don't properly combat this narrative that they're the true socially conservatives, yeah, I, I think you're gonna have a lot of disenfranchised people that may be brought over. So I, I just like like I said, I think you it's, are a, right. it's a small tumor, but it's a growing one. You're absolutely right, and I your point on uh, kind of economics isn't the be all end all. Um, like it, I, I am a single issue voter, and that issue is economics so like that is the most important thing to me and you know i believe the most important part of the conservative movement but like you're absolutely right that like i mean this is why i'm not an objectivist right this is why i think uh ayn rand was an idiot because like look i mean i'm a laissez-faire capitalist but like laissez-faire capitalism is not a moral code that you live your life by and that's why ayn rand and and the randians are, are morons because like you can't you'll just translate free market capitalism into like your moral compass right because that's and that's what that's and if you take that to your to its logic, logical conclusion you end up like ayn rand saying like greed is good and you should only make decisions like based on your wallet and you should be selfish not selfless and all this nonsense that the objectivists spew i mean just absolutely asinine bs coming from that camp so yeah you're absolutely right like lysic fair capitalism is the best way to run a government the best way to 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 run economics but it's not the be-all end-all you need morality and it comes from the family it comes from being a good parent it comes from the church i mean it, it comes from these these uh these establishments that the culture's tried to tear down since the 50s you know but you're right like we as conservatives can't abandon that and like guys like charlie kirk and turning point in usa see i, I slipped in an insult on uh, Charlie Kirk. <laughs> uh, good. <laughs> and you're right. I mean, I, and he, people like that, they do go around saying like, you know, let's ignore the social conservatism. Who cares about any of that stuff? You know, it's not important. Bullshit. I mean, you can't have a moral, you know, as Jefferson said, you know, the Constitution was, was made for a moral and religious people. Um, and kind of a lot of people, like you said, kind of uh, remove moral and religious and just... Uh, believe that the Constitution was made for people. <laughs> You're yeah. kind of missing the point well, at that point. That's that's the issue with pure, unadulterated, laissez-faire. I'm, I'm, I'm man enough to admit that the system that I love has its flaws, and that's the issue with pure, unadulterated, laissez-faire capitalism, is yes. if you let the market act immorally, it's usually more prudent for a company to act immoral if they're going to get no social repercussions for it. So, it, it, like I said, it's, it's not about enforcing it through government policy, but it is about enforcing it through social standards and social pressure. Um, and and like I said, conservative movements moving too far away from that. Don't let the alt-right fill the void, because if you let them fill the void like they're they're starting to try to do, it's nowhere near too late to stop them. You're going to regret it, and they are going to be an issue, and they're not going to be those 10 basement dwellers anymore. They're going to be a legitimate faction of the movement, and that's what scares the shit out of me. What Seeing my movement, I listen, I know Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, whoever the fuck uh, wins the Democratic primary is unless it's Tulsi Gabbard or Joe Biden who are bad pol- like I disagree with them on a lot but I don't think their you know their policies are are going to you know are as bad as Elizabeth Warren's or Bernie Sanders but at the same time man that scares me more than that in the long term having my movement the thing that I love even though I haven't been involved with politics a lot lately having the thing that I love and the ideology that I agree with actually legitimately be partially co-opted by the alt right that scares the fucking shit out of me and I think it's I think it should scare the shit out of a lot more people it it is scary, but it's not going to happen because I'm not going to fucking let it happen. And you're well, that's not, the thing. I mean, you, you, and that's the attitude you got to take. Yeah. That's the like, attitude you got to take. We will not. I mean, you and I and the audience listening to this show right now and our friends, 
we're not going to let that happen. We're not going to let our movement be co-opted the same way liberalism has been co-opted by the Bernie Sanders Marxist types on the left. That's not going to happen to us because we're not going to let it happen. That's that's all I have to say about that, my friend. Eric Schaefer, I got to let you go. Let's do this again very soon. It's been far too long, man. Everybody follow Eric on Twitter, at Real Eric Schaefer. Uh, he's definitely a great Twitter follow. You're actually probably funnier on Twitter that you don't constantly tweet about politics. So uh, definitely everybody follow Eric uh, and keep an eye on what he has come down the pike next. I'm sure there'll be some breaking news here soon. That's all I got for today. I am Brady Leonard. I will be back on Monday. No gimmicks.